stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today is one of the most important shows that you will, today's show is one of the most important shows that you're going to be able to listen to. Particularly, I'm particularly thrilled to have my guest back, Waleed Shubat. Um, because it is approaching ever closer to the elections, and your decision um, should, especially after you hear this show, um, should be a no-brainer. Um, and I would like you to, not right now, but when, when we're done today with today's show, if you can go back into my archives on voiceamerica.com and look for Waleed's previous shows. Uh, we talked about the building that was going to, go up in, in Manhattan, um, which was essentially, uh, uh, a, a, it would have been a center for future uh, terrorist recruitment and so on. We've talked about a number of, of things, and it's all important. But today's show is particularly important because we're going to be talking about uh, Obama's terrorist ties, really. Um, you know, I, I know nobody, this is very unpopular. While Eve and I were just talking before the show began, well, Eve, well, welcome. Come on, come on and join in. It's an honor to have you on again. Um, I wish, you know, Waleed should be on 24-7 because he is a former PLO terrorist, a radicalized Muslim who was once willing to die for jihad. So both based on his own terrorist experiences and as an avid consumer of Arabic media, because he understands it, he is uniquely positioned to tell us the truth about what's going on in regard to terrorism, the current threat, and in particular, what you need to know um, before deciding upon who you should vote for in this election. In fact, I was I, after I already wrote the, the description of today's show, I was thinking I should have, especially last night after watching the debate, I was thinking I should have called it everything you should know about Obama's foreign policy, but the media won't tell you. So welcome to the show, Waleed. You will, you will tell us. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Uh, you know, it's always, I've always wondered, the American psyche is a little different than the Middle Eastern psyche. While Obama's connection you know, to his Muslim family in Kenya is really an acceptable topic for discussion anywhere in Arab or Middle Eastern circles. It's okay. You can talk about Obama's family being Muslim from Kenya and discuss whether he's Muslim or he's Christian or whatever. But it is viewed a great taboo in the United States. But why is that, I wonder? You know, this taboo of discussing Obama's Islamic connection should be considered unfair 
Why? It should be considered unfair because it's prejudiced to say that we shouldn't discuss Obama's Islamic connection because it's Islamic. Well, that would be, be prejudice. In fact, I think care should be right on top of that. We should discuss Obama's Islamic family ties because care should be up in arms. Why are we not talking about the president's Islamic connections or Muslim family connections? Why even Obama himself, you know, in his dreams from my father, discussed very little. In fact, the only photo that was provided by the Obama family is the Western-style photo of the family in Kenya, but never really discusses the Islamic nature of the family. And I did a whole research on three members, three of the most favorite members of President Obama, and that is his grandmother from Kenya, Sarah Barack Obama, and uh, she was his benevolent grandmother who started the Sarah Fund, uh, fundraising for uh, the poor in Kenya and the AIDS victims in Kenya. And that's at least what they say in the English if you go to the website of President Obama's grandmother. And then you also have Saeed Obama, his closest favorite uncle, and Musa Ismail Obama, his first cousin. Okay, And also he is the main sidekick for the grandma and the uncle Saeed in raising funds after the Obama name became a household name in Kenya, mm. and they went from rags to riches after President Obama became president. Mm. In fact, yes, I did the research, mm. and if anybody's in doubt, the American Spectator examined our research, confirmed it was absolutely accurate, and he even added more. Here's the problem. While the Obama family in Kenya, the Muslim family in Kenya, raises funds, so-called funds for helping the poor, and helping AIDS epidemic. Al Jazeera Television, which is the number one TV apparatus in the Middle East, had an entire 35-minute interview with President Obama's first cousin, who's the main conduit who's raising the funds in the Middle Eastern perspective. Talks about the Mama Sarah, Mama Sarah Obama Children Foundation, as they call it, uh, which solicited the humanitarian aid in Al Jazeera, in which... After people look at the translated interview, I translated the whole interview from, from beginning to end. It's got nothing to do with the claims of being HIV, AIDS, helping the infected, helping widows, or helping orphans. It does very small, minuscule amount of help for these suffering in Kenya. The bulk of the Sara Fund, and using, by the way, using President Obama's name to raise this funding, which is illegal, really. The entire bulk of the Sara Fund, as it turns out, sends little to the widows and goes towards giving free scholarships, get this, to studying Sharia at the most influential Wahhabist centers in Saudi Arabia. The most virulent Sharia schools that teaches Wahhabism. The three main schools in Medina, Umm Al-Qura, in Riyadh, in which President Obama's first cousin was proudly discussing in the Arabic classical language mm. on how 90% of these funds come from the U.S., some from Europe, goes to sending uh, uh, students to Sharia schools. This is something very drastic that every American should think about. He talks about the communique between President Obama and the family in Kenya, the Muslim family in Kenya, through Uncle Saeed, mm. 
who is the only conduit who keeps the secret communication between President Obama and the Muslim Kenyan family. And he, is no, he knows exactly what's going on. He explained that President Obama is familiar with all the things that goes on. He knows his grandmother's funding goes to the Wahhabi schools. And I, in fact, I did the research a year ago, kept it to myself secret, and then did it before the election so the American people could see the truth, hmm. so it could affect the election. I'd have to say that I have my own interest in the, in the matter. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, and the interview is quite shocking. People can review it. They could look at the American Spectator's version. They could look at our version. Uh, on Shubat.com, just look up Obama's Kenyan scam busted, you know, the search engine, you'll find the whole kit and caboodle. And I dare anyone to try to refute the translation work that we did. In fact, the American spectator went even further. After finding out our findings is accurate, they did their own investigation in which they found quotes by Mama Sara, uh, Obama's grandmother, in which... Uh, I believe, uh, what's the, uh, the, the, I'm trying to give the names of the interviewers who were really liberal interviewers, who asked her about what, spousal beatings. And she said a husband, if, she, if, if a wife is disobedient, should beat his wife. Hmm. And this is in accordance to Sharia. Hmm. So in other words, they are Sharia observant, and they proudly say that they're Sharia observant, and not only Islam, but the Islam of the Wahhabists of Saudi Arabia. They were uh, up in heels, I mean, up to their heels with con communication connection with the Saudi government and the Wahhabist regime. In fact, it's even worse than that. You know, President Obama's uncle uh, had, is, is working with the Muslim World League. I have the photos to show. People can see the photos uh, in Umm Al-Qura University with also the, the Muslim World League. Let's not forget what the Muslim World League is. They collaborated with Al-Qaeda. We're talking about some serious issues here. And they're working with these organizations. So, okay, so, so you, have been, um, you have been, I presume, trying to get all of this information out. <clears throat> this is obviously key information for people to know about before they right. cast their vote. <laughs> and what kind of resistance... Have you been meeting? Well, the major media will never cover these stories, even though it's true. Even Fox will not cover these stories. And I believe the reason is, is because of the Saudi connection. You know, If you look even at Fox News, I dare anybody, I challenge anybody to go, go, go foxnews.com and look and search all the articles and all the news coverage. When it comes to Saudi Arabia, it's hands off. Hmm. And, and that is because I believe of Prince Al-Walid Muntalal. This is why Fox would never cover, let's say, Bachman when she brought the issue of Huma Abedin. Uh, who wanted to cover that? Fox News wouldn't cover it. In fact, Fox because News would be covered. I, I don't really understand. Why wouldn't they cover it? Fox? Fox. Fox, in fact, covered Bachman's detractors, her manager. Shame on you, Michelle Bachman, is an article on Fox News. But no articles by Bachman to refute. No articles by Bachman to say why she's talking about the Muslim Brotherhood infiltration. It's a shame because. Well, well why Prince, is that? Well, Prince Al Walid is, you know, he's against boycotting the media, boycotting the West, boycotting. He says you need to join them. This is why Prince Al Walid, after 9 11, he sends a check 
And if you recall, uh, Mayor Giuliani told him to uh, stuff it where the sun doesn't shine, if you excuse my language. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was proud about Mayor Giuliani because that was the kind of thing the Saudis do all the time. They think so wait, they can buy their way through that, money. Are you, so are you saying that the prince is paying Fox to not uh, say these things that are negative? No, I'm not saying that, no. I'm saying that the influence, since he, you know, he bought 6 7%, of the shares of Fox. Oh, I didn't he, know that. Oh, oh yeah, he had okay. a safe. Of course, of course. You know, uh, look at the facts. Those are the facts. And so it's unfortunate that uh, Fox wouldn't discuss much about Saudi Arabia. When it comes to Saudi Arabia, Fox really doesn't discuss much. Well, it's boy, it's surprising that in, they would have sold the shares to anyone like that who would have had an agenda that is generally opposite what Fox talks about. Well, it wasn't up to Fox to buy shares. It was up to Rupert Murdoch. Well, I you know, mean... He was, yeah, he's the one that owns the whole right. thing. Right. <laughs> so, you know, he, he sold uh, shares to uh, Prince Elwede bin Talal. Well, that's unfortunate. Is that? Do you think that has something to do with why Glenn Beck isn't on Fox? Uh, I'm not sure about Glenn Beck. I think Glenn Beck has his own... You know, he, he, he he's... Glenn Beck enters into all kinds of discussions, and I like Glenn Beck. He enters into, let's say, the Mahdi, the Antichrist. He gets into soft topics that is not really a, a Fox issue. You know, it's not mm-hmm. really the, what Fox does. Mm-hmm. So I think that is just a different vision that mm-hmm. Fox had that uh, they were not interested in, 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 in Beck's mm-hmm. uh, view of things. I don't uh-huh. think it has anything to do with Saudi Arabia at all. Uh-huh. Okay, well, we do need to take a break. I hear the music. I don't want don't want to stop, but we do. My guest is Waleed Shubat. When we come back, I'll tell you about all the books that he has written. Um, he, we're talking about Obama's terrorist ties, and uh, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and obviously this is super important, so stay right there. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. 
Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking about Obama's terrorist ties, really, with my guest, Waleed Shubat. Um, he is a very prolific author, and now I see you've gotten your son involved as well. Um, he and his son have written their latest book called For God or for Tyranny. He's also written uh, God's War on Terror, Why We Want to Kill You and Why I Left Jihad. And uh, Waleed speaks... <laughs> speaks all over the place, Harvard and various other campuses and events, and uh, the media, whenever they, whenever they dare to have him on, if they think he's not going to say uh, something, something too true, that, uh, that it would be horrific if people knew, uh, particularly these days, about President Obama. Um, I want to ask you, before we go back to some of your research and some of the things that you've been finding, uh, what did you think last night about the debate? Well, I think the foreign policy debate missed a lot of crucial issues, and that is the Syrian issue is related to the Turkish issue, is related to the Egyptian issue. We lost the entire Middle East. I think Romney had ample evidence to go against Obama's failure in the Middle East, which I think both parties, the problem is both parties, not just the Democrats, but the Republicans as well. The Syrian revolution is an Islamist revolution, so I wouldn't see why... Uh, Mitt Romney would support giving weapons to the Syrian revolution. So I don't agree on both sides. Um, I'm here to, to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. The Syrian revolution is the second Muslim Brotherhood revolution, just akin to what's happened in Egypt, and much worse. You know, much, much worse and much greater implications. It's connected to Turkey. In fact, even the Syrian government just issued a release to talking about the Turks wanting to reestablish neo-Ottomanism. In other words, they have aspirations to really regain what they've lost from, mm. the, you know, when the fall of the Ottoman Empire. This is the monster in the closet that no one wants to discuss on both parties. So I think it's a failure on all sides of Americans and, and you know, across the aisle you know, of addressing this whole issue of the Islamic Revolution, which is the huge issue. They've discussed it in short. I mean, they discussed some important facts. Obama, of course, you know, Libya was his main puppy, and he wanted this Libyan revolution. And, of course, the liberals always tout that the Libyan revolution is a secular revolution. I don't agree. Uh, you know, Al-Qaeda is still rampant in Libya. Tunisia is an Islamist state. Uh, Egypt is an Islamist state. Turkey is an Islamist state. Iran is an Islamist state. This would have never happened under Ronald Reagan or under others. So this happened under the watch of under Obama's watch. So it's a very serious issue. It's a major failure in foreign policy. If I was Mitt Romney, I would look at Obama and say, "Sir, 
you have lost the entire Middle East mm -hmm. under your presidency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. No one can deny it. We lost the entire Middle East under the presidency of President of, of, of Barack Obama. And, uh, you know, which, which asks, which begs the, to answer the question, where does his loyalty really lie? Well, is, yes, is I was really... just going to connect the dots to what you were talking about before. Uh, go ahead. You know, I mean, look, at, look at Kenya. I mean, his, where his origin is from. The family uh, really laments that Kenya is two-thirds Christian, one-third Muslim, and they want to make it majority Islamic. Al-Arab newspaper, the major newspaper, had pictured the family and, and talked about the whole thing. You know, in fact, even the counter-Wahhabist Muslim moderate think tank, the Gulf Issues Center for Strategic Studies, describes the institutions that Obama, the Obama family, sends scholarships to as Salafi schools. Uh, in fact, they're described as the spring of Wahhabism. This is the spring of the Arab Spring, if you will, mm -hmm. that is the root of the Salafist Wahhabist movements. And in fact, I quote what their research says. It says, Wahhabism grew up in the Wahhabi and Salafi schools, which imbibed radical ideas in the Islamic universities in Medina, Umm al-Qura University in Mecca, and the University of Imam Muhammad bin Saud Islamic University in Riyadh. These are the main hubs of Wahhabism and Salafism, in which the President Obama's grandmother, uh, mainly sends the, 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 the scholarships too. So uh, this is a very serious issue that Americans need to begin to address. And to say that Obama is innocent of it is absolutely ludicrous because it is not an issue of guilt by association. Because in government programs, if, if you are a government official, especially if you're the president, then your relationships do count. It, you, know, you do not qualify to be commander-in-chief mm. if your favorite members of your family are on the opposite direction of American interest, in fact, enemies of America. So this becomes a very serious issue. It's not an issue of guilt by association because it, the guilt by association issue doesn't apply when you work at such a high level in the government. Mm -hmm. Do you think... Um do you think Romney should have brought out some of these things that you're talking about, or do you think that would have caused too much of an explosion and, and a backlash? Well, you see, this is the whole thing. Politically, it would cause a backlash because, you know, the media would be jumping all over it of, you know, racism. America has been fooled and suckered to think about racism all the, all the time as a major issue. No one can prove to me, and I, I'm, I wasn't born in this country. I, I was born in Israel, came to this country. And when I came to this country, I realized very quickly that America is a country that talks about racism more than any other country in the world, yet it exercises the least amount of racism than any other country in the world. I go to churches all across the country. I see Chinese, black in fact, they're not black, they're brown. I've never met a black person or even a white person. <laughs> I've never met somebody who's pitch black or pitch white. Have you? <laughs> no. They're usually pink. They're usually brown, light brown, mocha latte, latte color. <laughs> the, the pigment means nothing to me whatsoever. To me, is the heart of the person and the individual is what counts. America is not a racist society. Why do we discuss racism? You know, we discuss women's rights more than anything else. You know, racism and women's rights, and women's rights escalate to abortion and all these things. You know, uh, 
I think it's just the media's way of really tainting us as racist. You know, in fact, when I, when I used to be a racist, I used to be a terrorist. I, was, I hated Jews, period. You know, and I repented from all of this. Of course, I became Christian. I guess that was my crime. That's when I became a racist, bigot, you know, Islamophobic, xenophobic, hate monger. I can't figure that one out for myself. Can somebody show me where I became racist when I repented from racism? Mm. You know, you could be Jewish. I don't know what, what heritage you're from. It doesn't matter to me. You could be Muslim. In fact, I hired Muslims for work. I don't hate Muslims. I love Muslims. I love my family. It's not the Muslims that I have a problem with. The problem I have is with, with, with the Islamist roots. I have a problem with Sharia. Is that a sin to have a problem with Sharia? Is that a sin to expose the Sharia pushers who want to implement Sharia throughout the Middle East and take away sovereign countries and take away nationalism to aspire for a universalist utopian system that says you must abide with Sharia law that abuses women? Heck, all my life, I didn't look kindly towards my mother because I was an espouser of Sharia. When I repented from this, I ended up rescuing my mother from the Middle East she was held against her will for almost 35 years in the Middle East. What about the women issue? Actually, it was women who brought me to my senses. I ended up love, loving women. I lo my relationship with my wife has been fixed and healed ever since I left the faith of Islam. And let's so, just say, um, you're, you say that your mother was an American and your father was a Palestinian Arab. Correct. I just want to make that clear in case people are wondering. Who is addressing the issue of women? It, how many Muslim countries do you know, is, you know, espouse or support the uh, Hague Convention regarding the abduction of women and children? Why is that not addressed in the political arena? Why? Because Saudi Arabia, because of all these countries. You know, uh, what about the abduction of women? I deal with it all the time. Every place I go, there's women abducted, going to the Middle East, visiting there, not permitted to go back to their country. Mm -hmm. You know, and no one addresses the issue. What, what government official is addressing this issue? Mm -hmm. It's because we are afraid of dealing with it. Well, huh. well what, what about while we're still, um, we've started, I started asking you about the debate last night. I, one thing that bothered, well, a lot of it bothered me. It was some, I, I, to be honest, I found it hard to listen to Obama. Some of, his, some of the things that he was saying, I was just cringing. I mean, of course, I wanted to hear the whole debate to be knowledgeable about it, but it was just painful to sit through some of that, particularly uh, some of these, um, these remarks, these patronizing remarks that he made about Israel being our great friend. Like, obviously, somebody uh, told him, or the media, you know, various people, I'm sure, um, but but people who were helping him prepare for this speech told him, uh, you know, you're you're seen as throwing Israel under the bus, so you better say some things that show that you're that you're a friend That's of a good Israel. Point. That's a great point you bring, and I am on the side of Romney. You know, he 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 brought the issue head on, and I I like what he said. You know, he said you basically, you know, went on your tour and you ignored yes. Israel, and then then Obama counters and he says, I visited Yad Vashem. As visiting these things yes. as a political thing, really, in other words, I really support Israel just on the facade when I visit Israel. Right. But in reality, when it comes to issues, when it comes to the Middle East policies, I really threw it under the bus. But I really visited Yad Vashem. As that 
That is an excuse. This is, this is a statement of a hypocrite. Right, it's absolutely. It's a hypocrisy to say. It's absolute hypocrisy to say that I visited Yad Vashem, but I threw you know, uh, uh, Netanyahu under the bus. I didn't yes. really care. He wouldn't, he uh, wouldn't eat with Netanyahu. He made him go through the back door of the White House, and he wouldn't eat with him. But I visited Yad Vashem. Right. In fact, that to me is, is a great ad, you know. I could make an ad and say, hey, you know, I, I, I threw Netanyahu under the bus, but I visited Yad Vashem. Right. And if, if I was Mitt Romney, I'd look at him straight face and say, yeah, sure, then you visited you know, uh, Yad Vashem, but and then you threw Netanyahu under the bus. What a great statement is that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, tell, I know you have a wealth of, of research and information. What um, Do you want to talk about <laughs> um, uh, Obama's ring? Yeah, the Obama's ring issue, you know, I always have to be fair because I'm, I always like accuracy. You know, it's difficult to determine from the ring unless you have the ring itself. You have two patterns on the ring. Now, the word Allah in the Arabic language, you can take a pen, you can draw a line, and then make a U-turn, keep going the other way, draw another line the same length as the previous line, make another U-turn, draw another line, make another U-turn, draw another line the same length as the other line, another U-turn, and go back up halfway. You've spelled out Allah, a squiggly. Any squiggly spells out the word Allah. So it's very difficult to determine whether this was an artist rendering of a squiggly. Well, it, or well, it, let me, I'm sorry, I, I, wanna, I don't want you to go too much further because we need to take a break, and this is all very important, so I want you to introduce it again when we come back. Um, we do have to take another break. My guest is Waleed Shubat. He is an expert on, um, on Arabic affairs, a former PLO terrorist, and so on. We're talking about Obama's terrorist ties and more. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and we'll be hearing more from Waleed when we come back, so stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Do you find yourself tearing pictures of rooms out of magazines? Do you watch certain movies and TV programs because of the homes they show? Are Sundays reserved for open houses? Then you are a home dreamer. And someday, you will build or renovate your dream home. Steve Clip has spent three decades learning how to win at the dream home game. His show, Winning the Dream Home Race, can be heard every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Let Steve Clip help save you money and make you a winner. Streaming live 
the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about everything you should know about Obama's foreign policy, but the media won't tell you. Fortunately, my guest, Waleed Shubat, a former PLO terrorist, a radicalized Muslim who was once willing to die for jihad, is now willing to tell the truth, both based on his own terrorist experiences as, and as an avid consumer of Arabic media. Walid is uniquely placed to tell us the truth, and that he's been doing. And uh, we, this is what we need to know, what we all need to know, before we cast our ballot on Election Day. So before the break, um, I was asking you, Walid, about uh, Obama's what's been called Obama's Muslim ring that has been said to have the inscription, there is no God but Allah. What, what can you tell us about that? Well, it's actually more than there's no God but Allah. It is la ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah is four words. There's two patterns. The two patterns resemble two pieces of words. If it does present these words, which are two squigglies, one of them on the right has an injury, basically, in the usage of the ring, which should basically cut a line in it, which makes it look like la, another squiggly. So it's very difficult to ascertain for sure that that's what it says. It could be, it could be two identical squigglies patterns next to each other, a rendering of an artist of a squiggly, which all squigglies look like Allah. So to, these are, this would make two words, Allah, Allah, you know. Uh-huh. If indeed the intention of the artist was meant to be that, but you will have no la, ilaha, it doesn't exist. So it's a problem to me to conclude that this is an Islamic ring. And even if it is, assume that it is. Assume a family member gave him that ring since he was a young kid and he honored the family who was Muslim who gave him the ring. And he kept it in his finger in honoring of the family. So he can't be conclusive about this issue. Mm-hmm. I don't look at the ring as the issue. I look at what Obama does as the issue. Mm-hmm. I look at his connection to his family as an issue. That's, to me, more major. I look at Obama's criticism of Judeo-Christianity as an issue and his complementary of Islam as a, Christian, as, a, as a major issue. So why is Obama... I, I would like anybody to produce to me Obama's testimony of conversion from Islam to Christianity. You don't just convert from nothing. You convert from something. An ex-Mormon mm-hmm. talks about Mormonism. An ex-Buddhist talks about Buddhism and why he left Buddhism or he, mm-hmm. why he left atheism or why, you know, or even a convert to Judaism from Christianity would talk about his problems with Christianity. Yes. You see? So I don't see him discussing his problems with his previous faith and why he left that faith and why he adapted Christianity. That's normally a testimony, what it has. Can anyone, can you, anyone, produce to me that testimony? It simply does not exist. And so this is, to me, a major issue. And when you can go to Google and look at Obama, put Obama Bible, you'll find he's so critical of the Bible, saying the Bible teaches slavery, the Bible this and this and that. When mm. it comes to the Quran, he's very complimentary. Talking about the family connection, you have George Obama, who is his half-brother, who he has no relationships whatsoever with. Why? Because George Obama, and I think that the researchers, uh, what's his name, 
met George Obama, uh, that Indian guy, what's his name? I forgot his name. Uh, oh, I know what met, you're talking about. I forgot his name too, but yes, who did the interview, yes. Right, uh, and uh, he, he says maybe because he's conservative. I think it's not true. Uh, his mother's name is Otieno. George is a Christian name. He has no connection with the Christian side of the Kenyan family. Hmm. In other words, his grandfather had many wives, and you know some of them were Christian. And Otieno is a Christian name. If you look at Otieno, you can see Facebooks of the family members, Bible-believing Christians and all these things. George is a Christian heritage. Otieno is a Christian heritage. He's more linked to his uncle and his cousin and his step-grandmother than he mm. is with his half-brother. You see, to me, because I know this issue, I came from that world of my mother being from a Christian background, my father and his family being from a Muslim background. And I had my loyalties to my Islamic background way more than my American background when I was a Muslim fundamentalist. So, you know, and, and the entire family is Muslim fundamentalist, sending, you know, people to Wahhabi schools. I dare anybody to refute my translation work. It's absolutely accurate in which the family connects to Wahhabist ideology of Islam, in which his grandmother says it's okay to beat your wife. For Pete's sake, she was even asked again, you know, are you sure about this? Oh, yes. Uh, if a woman is disobedient, her husband is allowed to beat her. So this is, to me, an issue that needs to be brought up. Who is Obama in, in, you know, from Colego, the only Muslim family in Colego, uh, in Africa, in Kenya? And, and, and how they're so influential with the Saudi government, with the Wahhabist regime. The king of Saudi Arabia had them inv invited to, to do the Hajj, the pilgrimage. How they visited the Muslim World League, working closely with the Muslim World League. It's a huge issue. It's a huge issue, and very, very little major media coverage is addressing this issue. Because, I, and just to, to I mean, I, I, just in case this isn't self-evident, I mean, of course, the the bottom line is, um, I mean, to, that it's not just about that that you're allowed to or you should beat your wife, but um, that the overall um, philosophy or, or goal is to bring down the West. So these ties, I mean, it's not just about um, uh, it's not just about the fact that all this money is going to scholarships. It, basically, it's scholarships that are training terrorists to bring down the West. Correct. Not only make, the West. I just wanted to underline that to make sure that everybody got that. <laughs> not just the West, but Africa as well. Right. The focus was on Kenya and Africa. You know, yeah. Africa used to be two-thirds Muslim. Today, Africa is two-thirds Christian. So it's a major struggle in Africa between the evangelical movement in Africa versus the Wahhabist movement in Africa. Saudi Arabia hones in the issue. They bring their experts. You could see it on Al Jazeera discussing the uh, losses the Islamic movement had with the evangelicals. And so it's a struggle between Christianity and Islam. And that's the bottom line that's in Africa. Yeah. And it's in the Middle East. We've given the mantle for the Islamists. I mean, we can tout Libya as a secular government, but what about Turkey? What about Egypt? What about Tunisia? What about the big picture? What about Turkey? We're trusting Turkey to basically, you know, spread its tentacles throughout the Middle East. Egypt wants a Turkish Islamic 
uh, model of government, and uh, that is touted as a secular Islamist government, which is not true whatsoever. The situation in Turkey with the killing of several of journalists and uh, taking the generals down and imprisonment to the, uh, with the Ergon Kohn fiasco in which they imprison judges, and you know, it's turning around like what we've seen in Nazi Germany. Yes. in which the freedom of speech is being eliminated, the, free, the freedom of women, the issue of hijab, the issue of the hijabization of women. These are major, major issues that is part of the foreign policy that should have been discussed yesterday. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I know better. I know that even the Republican won't address it head-on, and it's for political issues. Mm-hmm. And it's an issue that we're going to see in the future. Uh, my research is a long-term investment, not a short-term investment. I look towards 10 years down the road what it's going to be like because I know better. I lived mm-hmm. in the Middle East. I breathed the air of the Middle East. I've seen the rise of Islamic fundamentalism since I was a teenager in the Middle East. I've seen what it did to my family. I've seen what it did to my country. I've seen what it did in my country in the U.S., in which every single major Islamic organization is Wahhabist. There isn't a single Islamic major organization in America that would condemn the killing of converts, people like myself. Why? It's because they approve of it. That's why. You see, so we have a Trojan horse mechanism. Yes, yes. You know, in the, in the United horse. States. I mean, you talk about how um, when you came to the United States that you were recruited here and taught, um, recruited to, to into terrorist activities even here, and that this is what's going on on college campuses all over, all over the U.S. And yes, a Trojan horse is a is a great way of explaining it that that this is really happening under our midst, and people are not acknowledging it. That's very correct. In major universities, in 500 universities in America, you have the uh, Muslim student unions. This is all affiliated with the Muslim Brotherhood. In fact, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton's sidekick, Huma Abedin, she was a member of the Muslim Student Association. So that's a major issue. How is she in the government? Her mother is not a member of the Muslim Brotherhood. Her mother is a leader in the Muslim Brotherhood. That's been made ironclad case. In fact, you had Andy McCarthy, who was the prosecutor of Sheikh Omar Abdul Rahman, the, you know, the first attempts of bombing the Twin Towers. He won the case. The man is in prison. He looked at our research, and he 100% concluded the same thing, hmm. that we're dealing with a Wahhabist institution. What about the family connection of her father, Huma Abedin's father? He was instrumental, one of 20 people who were instrumental to jot down a manifesto by the Saudi government of how to take the world conspiracy to take over the entire world, Hmm. how to use the Muslim minority affairs issue. People think, oh, you know, they have a, Huma Abedin was an editor for the Muslim minority affairs. They don't understand. The Muslim minority affairs is not just an organization, but it's a jurisprudence part of the Wahhabi government in order to use the Muslim minorities in foreign countries into establishing a Muslim majority in these foreign countries, which brings us back to the Kenya issue, to the Obama family issue. The issue is to make Muslim minorities to becoming a majority in non-Muslim states Mm -hmm. in which they believe in their eschatological view that they will take over the world. Yes, which is, as you were saying, which is essentially what's been happening as these governments have been falling in the Middle East. 
Absolutely correct. In fact, if people want to doubt, just what you stated just right now proves the point. It proves the point. Egypt, what happened to it? It went from secular to Islamist. Tunisia, from secular to Islamist. Turkey, from secular to Islamist. Sudan, Islamist. Uh, Somalia, uh, you see? Uh, these are facts. No one can refute those facts. We've seen the Islamic revolution succeeding in the Middle East, in Africa, in you know, major parts of the world. What about the Balkans? What about the issue of the Bosnians? What about the, you know, this is still southern Russia, the CIS nations, the Commonwealth of, Commonwealth of Independent States, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, Turkmenistan. What about Iran? You know, most Americans don't know that Iran is not ruled by Persians. Iran is ruled by a minority group that rules the religious apparatus of Iran. They are Aziri Turks. They're Turkish in their affiliation. Mm. They're aligned with Turkey. So in the future, we will see an alliance between Turkey and Iran. We're trusting Turkey, and we're looking at cyber-rattling Iran as the major problem. But we, avoiding, we are avoiding the big picture. That's the problem with American policy. Ah, perfect timing. Well, we do need to take another break. My guest is Walid Shubat. He is the author of For God or for Tyranny, God's War on Terror, Why We Want to Kill You, and Why I Left Jihad. And we'll be continuing talking about Obama's terrorist ties and other foreign policy issues that we all need to know about before we cast our ballot. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today with Waleed Shubat. I'll give you all the information on how you can find out more about him, get to his website, get to his books, and so on. This is incredibly important stuff that you need to take into consideration before you cast your vote, uh, particularly we're talk- we've been talking about Obama's terrorist ties, really. So let's talk in this last segment uh, a little bit about the movie, The Innocence of Muslims. You've been doing research on that as well. Tell us about it. 
Well, you know, The Innocence of Muslims was created by an author that no one knows his name. In fact, it's just a fact, a legal fact, that the man who calls himself Nakula Basili, is not his real name, had basically duped the government, duped the feds, duped Judge Snyder in the court regarding his name. No one knows his name till now. Hmm. That's shocking to me. And there is Ahmad Hamdi, one of the names he used the most, was a known figure who had basically infiltrated the Coptic community, who even at Lahram newspaper, an Arabic newspaper, talked about Ahmad Hamdi. Could he be an Ahmad Hamdi, a Muslim disguised as a Copt? Why would a Copt say that he's been funded by 100 Jewish families? Well, it's because he wanted the Jews to be blamed for the mm. film. It's mm. very obvious. Why? Well, it's because he hates them. He says he's an Israeli Jew. That's a lie. He's not an Israeli Jew. He's a Middle Easterner. Then he says, well, you know, my, fa- my wife's family funded the movie. Well, if he says his wife's family funded the movie, he will bring persecution to his wife's family in Egypt. Yet, there is no persecution against his wife's family because there is no wife's family in Egypt. Mm. And mm. he's got no family in Egypt. The problem also, the ones they're accused of the film, like uh, Mr. Nasrallah and Zakaria Butros, their families are in danger in Egypt. Yet no one is surrounding this man's family in Egypt, which means it doesn't even exist in Egypt. So, you know, it's mired with very, uh, very, very shoddy character who claims to be like a Robert Spencer, like a Walid Shubat, or like a Brigitte Gabriel who's making a film here. And he's not one of us. He doesn't act like one of us. He's a shenanigan, you know, a con artist. In fact, he was linked with my first cousin, Iyad Salome. <laughs> I spoke about way? my first cousin. I, I spoke about my first cousin, Iyad Salome, who's a conduit for fraud. He was a conduit to make false passports, embezzlements of millions of dollars. Been going on for years. The feds were investigating him. The evidence is in 2008 when I talked about him. And there he is now in the court records, linked to the filmmaker. Yes, and how many Americans know that this filmmaker was arrested because of methamphetamine factory he was running that was linked to Operation uh, Mountain Express that the government called, linking the methamphetamine processing with Hezbollah, terrorist organization. Why would he be in the middle of an operation that was linked to Hezbollah affiliation. So, and you look even at the favorite things of the man who calls himself Nakula Basil. Look at his favorites. He links to Mr. Bakar, the head of the Salafist party, who was the head that started the revolution in the demonstrations against the American embassy in Egypt. And uh, he, one of his favorites is also a conversion story of a Christian woman who became Muslim. Why would that be? Uh, the mm-hmm. favorites of this filmmaker, mm-hmm. if indeed he is anti-Islam. Second of all, we're not for burning Qurans in America or making films like that. You know, if anything, the Muslim world should have demonstrated and said, you know, one man made a crazy film about our religion. The entire government, the entire country went against him. That would make America a great country. Mm-hmm. Yet that's not what happens. In other words, it doesn't matter how Americans behave. They will always look for an excuse to create violence against the United States. Look at the Quran burning story. What person do you know from your affiliates 
would support the burning of the Quran. None. Yet 99%, 99 99.999% of Americans were opposed to Pastor Jones burning the Quran. Yet the Muslim world carried banners, leaflets, demonstrated in the streets by the millions, and burned churches, killed nuns, persecuted people, for the excuse of one man wants to burn the Quran. That would make America a great country to say, no, we don't do those kind of things. Mm -hmm. But that's not how the Muslim world viewed us, because it doesn't matter what we do. What they want to do is to chip away on the First Amendment. What they want to do is to make the West Sharia compliant. That's the bottom line, to say that Americans and the West must adhere to Sharia law regarding blasphemy laws that are an, you know, uh, an imposed law in a country like Pakistan. This is the whole idea. Yet we still exercise the self-blame in this country. The first 9-11, we blamed ourselves. The second 9-11, and that was another 9-11. No one can deny it. We still blamed ourselves as a country. This is the problem with this country. We have to stop looking at fear as the motivating apparatus that makes us do things and start dealing with fearlessness in order to fight terrorism, in order to combat fear, because terrorism is really trying to impose fear. And the only way to fight fear is fearlessness. Yes, yes, because of the way that the suicide bombers, bombers demonstrate that they're fearless and willing to give their life for jihad. Correct, correct. You have people like Faisal Abdul Rauf, who dresses up in a suit, who says he's a Sufi, moderate, moderate Muslim, who comes in the media and he says, if you don't allow us to build a mosque, then I really am concerned about your air travel. Hello? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? I'm concerned about plane hijackings. I'm concerned that you're going to get more terrorism if you don't let us get our way. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is a threat to, to, to Americans. And, you know, you got, you got two kinds of terrorists. you got one with a suit and a tie. Mm -hmm. you got one with a bomb. Mm -hmm. The goal is the same. Yes, yes. And you even have one with a suit and a tie that might be running for president. <laughs> well, Not really it is. funny. <laughs> His family has Wahhabist affiliations. Yeah. No one on earth can deny that. It's a, it's a fact. The well, I want to make sure that we get in time to give out your website again. It's um, www.shoebot.com. It's like shoe and bat, S-H-O-E-B-A-T, shoebot.com. And um, there's all kinds of, you know, this is, uh, we've been touching on highlights, but there are all kinds of, of research and, and fascinating articles and videos and so on that you need to watch. If you haven't been convinced by now that it would, it would be extremely dangerous to, um, to put Obama back in the White House for a second term, then please go to Shubat.com and read more of, of his research and what, what, um, what his research has uncovered. And the, the books that you can get by uh, Waleed Shubat include uh, God's War on Terror, Why We Want to Kill You, and Why I Left Jihad, and with his son Ted, for God and or for for God, or for tyranny, and so all of these are, um, you know, open your eyes. We all have to open our eyes. I mean, that's what I talk about in 
my terrorism book, um, that coping with terrorism, that the first problem that America has is denial. And no, sure, it's it's hard to hear these things. Well, the things that you talk about, you know, on college campuses and in the media and so on, are hard for people to hear. But if we don't listen and we don't open up our eyes and our ears, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna realize when it's too late. Well, you know, mankind usually stumbles through the truth, but in the end, he usually will learn the truth and pick up and move on. Yes, one way or the other. One way or the other. Well, thank you so much, Waleed, for coming back on the show. Again, the the website is shoebot.com, and uh, thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 